Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My man like the chocolate sauce, you know what I'm saying? Bro, what? Smooth. He like he, he 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 like he likes that ebony coating, you know what I'm saying? He likes the ebony coating. The ebony coating, what yeah. you a new advertisement for Dax. Yeah, you have know, we stumped into your sex chat, bro? Nah, nah, Cause... nah. It's all about my man. My man my man likes his Nubian princesses, you know what I'm saying? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's how we're starting it this week. He likes black women. Yes, Who, he does. Who's he? He is a legend, an icon in the cinema game. You've seen many of his films, an acting god for some. If you ever... Oh, well, you're going to love this one, sis. Oh, God. Ladies and gentlemen, first things first, good afternoon, good morning, (laughs) or even good night to wherever you are. We would like to introduce you to another instalment of the Why Are We Messed Up podcast. I mean, it's cool, and that's why we messed up. Yeah, I was going to say that to him, man. You, you <laughs> See, Big Man has been so confused by the chocolate loving and the new yeah, sex chat that, that, <laughs> that he's actually sure. forgotten the name of our podcast, which is, and that's why we messed up. Welcome, one and all. Um, I'm still I'm still quite terrified as to where we're going to go with this. Well, um, my, man, my man likes the chocolate, likes the chocolate sauce. Yeah. Um, nothing but sauce. Okay, so before we do that, I just want to say a big uh, shout out to everybody who has subscribed uh, to the at Messed Up Pod on Instagram. Thank you so much for the love we've received. It's been overwhelming. I've really enjoyed the fact that people have been sitting down watching V and other things and really getting on board with what we're doing. Um, so much appreciation. And I'm doing this to delay because I am genuinely scared because you two are in cahoots. You've got that knowing voice <laughs> and I don't like it. And I'm unnerved. So, um, what, what what are we talking about today? Well, oh. I'll just let Brad come in with one more of his quality oh, terms. Oh, you like them black girls, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, with an introduction oh, like that, there's only one man. Is it Steven Seagal? Please, God, oh, God, God. Steven no. Seagal. It's not Steven Seagal. He's not oh, like black on. women. I can what? say I, I don't I, think he does I, anyway. I don't know. I don't, no, know I don't, I, I don't, I don't think he does. I think he likes. Okay, let's not go there. I don't want to be done for libel. <laughs> First time this podcast out, but yeah, go for it. Sorry, yeah. Okay, right. I can only describe this, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about one of the greatest actors of this generation, an actor that will always seems to change his body, his tone, his methods depending on what character he plays, without giving too much away. I'm so talk to you tell him, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're right. It's Mr. Paulie Shaw I'm talking about. What? Yeah, Paulie Shaw. Of course I'm not talking about Paulie Shaw. Today, we're talking about Mr. Robert Anthony De Niro. Paulie Shaw? I was like, wait. I was like, wait, what? Dude. Okay. Don't 
that that boy. We go and listen to the podcast and talk about the. Di- <laughs> okay, do not Google Paulie Shaw. If you don't know who Paulie Shaw is, you are really lucky. Later, buddies. Oh my god! Oh my god! Is that California man or Encino? Nicole Encino man. In other, it's Encino, in other it's Encino, it's Encino man in America, I think. Yeah, and California man for us, so we yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Robert De Niro. Aha. Okay. So now, what you got for us? Well, I'm talking about some of his legendary film roles. I mean, for me, the man is one of my all-time favorite actors. I can think about growing up as a child and watching films I wasn't supposed to be watching at that age. And my, well, what should I say, the household I was living in at the time was mostly donated by watching members of my family re-watching Goodfellas to start with. Then the classic Casino. One of my personal favourites, Raging Bull. How old were you when you watched Raging Bull? Now, that's an interesting story. I'm, oh, I didn't uh-oh. take, I must have been around about nine, at least, when I saw Raging Bull. That's but a we, lot to watch. That's so, a lot to watch at nine. Says the woman who made me watch Nightmare Now Shoot when I was two years old. And it's the same guy who saw Evil Dead when I was around about five. So, yeah. And that's why we messed up. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being hit. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, only, yeah. Now, with De Niro, for me, where do I even begin? It's a really hard question, because funny enough, a friend of mine a while ago asked me, oh, what's one of your favourite De Niro films? And to this day, I couldn't answer. There is so many this man has done throughout the years, and I can't think of a bad film. Well, actually, Rocky and Bobby, but I can't think of a bad film. He was in that? He was in that, wasn't he? Shame. Shame. Oh, oh right. no, no, he's like, but he's like, he's one of those actors you can do whatever he wants. He's early. yeah, he can do whatever he wants. So to be fair, whatever. yeah, a shame. Exactly. Oh, I'm having flashbacks. That film was genuinely terrible. I yes, I, I only saw the trailers and I saw it. I did actually see him in the trailer. To be fair. Oh God. Oh. Yeah. So this is why I think this issue of the podcast should be us enlightening the people out there. If you're not familiar with any of De Niro's works, here's just some of the titles. We recommend you should watch. Now, if I forget any, please feel free to put your suggestions forward. It'll be interesting to see what you say. Now, sis, I know it's one of your personal favourites. Goodfellas. Yep, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Tower House performance. Uh, based on the book by Nicholas Pileggi, um, which does document the actual um, testimony and life of Henry Hill. Yep. Um absolutely i mean you know absolutely brilliant for so many reasons the truth is is that goodfellas is one of those films where everybody everybody comes out to play everybody it's a high school safety directed film um you know ray liotta lorraine bracco joe Mm -hmm. pesci everybody in that samuel l jackson Everybody in that comes out to, comes out heavy hitting, and it's an absolutely fantastic. It's brilliantly shot. Um, on a, you know, other than that, you talking to me scene, which is which is absolutely brilliant scene, especially because a lot of stuff was improv'd. Um, it has links to so you know, there's so much that that, that draws influence from Goodfellas. Um, you know, a case in point is Spider who gets shot ends up playing the main role in Big Man. There you go. Yeah. So you know, and the steady the, the, one of my favourite shots in cinema is the Steadicam shot of when uh, Rayleo and Le- Rain Bracker going through the back room, going through the back on their date, through the kitchen and onto um, into um, the club. I just love the direction of it. It's one of those ones that you can that you probably, that is used in film schools to teach about Steadicam work and how brilliant that just one continuous shot. It's absolutely. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, stop, stop. Yeah, seriously. Okay, now listen to the podcast and then <laughs> go download it and watch it because it absolutely is a masterclass. And he's 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 absolutely brilliant in it. Absolutely and amazing in it. And that's the thing. That film was one of the first films I remember seeing years, years ago. And obviously, as a child at the time, you don't know what's going on, just watching the film for what it was. 
But there was something about De Niro's performance where he was just so calm throughout the whole film. He was, I mean, don't get me wrong, as you pointed out, Ray Liotta, outstanding. Joe Pesci, need I say more? But De Niro in that film, he just was at ease. He's, it was just like a, a normal daddy office room. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, to be fair, I'm sure it was ranked, what, in one of the top 10 like most famous like mafia-based films of all time. Yeah, I think it is. It, it always comes up high in, in like the like the top top like you know top films, top gangster films, yeah. best films of all time. It does defy genre in a way because the whole thing that Scorsese put together and is amazing. And I think one of the things about De Niro, especially with Martin Scorsese, is that you see the ease in which they they are so comfortable working together that there's an ease in the performance. You believe it. You yeah, know? believe think- what it's about. And the ironic thing is, we keep on forgetting that Joe Pesci actually took home the best supporting actor. Yeah, he did. Oscar for that. He definitely did, yeah. And yeah. straight away, when I think of that, you mentioned about the uh, him shooting Dude that was in Sopranos. I always remember he shoot Samuel Jackson in the head. The slow yeah. motion shot of that scene. And that's the thing. I think a lot a lot of films, I think, if, so, if you haven't seen Goodfellas... Mm. There are a lot of things that and films that have taken from Goodfellas, so there's going to be an air of familiarity about them. But then yeah. if you go and see, watch Goodfellas, you then go, oh right, okay, you see how and why it was done, as well as, as well as I. So I would even say, like even like the juxtaposition of that really good soundtrack, to me, uh, influenced James Gunn. Yeah, because of just how perfect you know, um, Guys of the Galaxy in terms of soundtrack was, and there's definitely an influence between Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, but oh, there are elements that I can see in terms of the music and the music hits um, that and the cues that are hit in, in the soundtrack that gets hit um, in Goodfellas, you know, especially about the time, was reflecting the, the passage of time and how it's going and, and what's going on at the time, but definitely, um, yeah, I would, it's up it's what it's on in my top films in fairness as well yeah i remember because i think i bought a few on your birthday present a couple of years i believe ago. you did i believe yeah. you did now you see that's one of them now bruv let me turn it to you oh if i'm going to mention a de niro film what comes to your mind what comes to your head what do you think of i don't like robert de niro <laughs> oh okay <laughs> Oh sorry, I'm, so, I'm, I'm completely joking. <laughs> sorry. Um, seriously, I don't even like him. Like, bro, okay. Yeah, it's kind of awkward for anyone. You guys are just going off like on some like some jerking off thing. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not joking. <laughs> no, um, like, but if I'm gonna be serious, I'm I have not watched as many Dinero films as you guys have watched. If I'm gonna be quite frank with you guys, um, like looking at his um, filmography, like. I think the first one I ever watched was Thanks to Chantel, which was Goodfellas. And I, after watching it, because I, when, I think when I did watch it, I was at age where I wasn't really, like, I was really, wasn't really sure my fil- my film taste. I li- Obviously, I liked films with happy endings and colourful crap and action and martial arts and stuff like that. But when it came to films like Goodfellas, I always saw that as a serious film. and didn't know if I was capable of understanding and or dealing with the serious films at that age. And, um... Watching it with Chantel, I was like, I was actually blown away by it. Like, I got it, and I sort of knew who the characters were. I knew there weren't really any good, but good guys or bad guys. There were just people trying to survive in this kind of messed up world they they created for themselves. Yeah. And I remember watching it repeatedly for eight for for a good few months, and I just fell in love with it. And Daniel's performance was just amazing. He was just that. He had that calm before the storm. Yeah. It just He portrayed it so well. But when it comes to De Niro, i got to say, I prefer, I prefer his, his his comedy roles a lot more because um, I remember, like, my, I forgot my first DVD player and one of the first films were, was, that was bought for me was um, Analyze This. Oh, God. <laughs> Classic, yeah. And, and, like, in my head... De Niro was the serious actor. He just did serious roles. He was the gangster. He was, he was the bad guy. He was the good fella. He was always going to be that guy in my head. And, but in this in this film, he was just hilarious. He was, he was, he was still a wise guy, but he had he had a heart of gold, and he, you couldn't help but love him because he was just so realistic. You you, you could 
you could oh, what's the word sympathise with him you, you could just I'd, like because you know he's been thrown into a situation where he just lost, lost one of his dearest friends and he's having a mental breakdown like anybody would in a real situation like that so it was just so easy just to fall in love fall in love with him in that role it was just great and Analyze That was was still was another good film as well I mean, Analyze yeah. This even was, no it was Analyze That Analyze That Analyze That was another good film he did as well the sequel to it and mm. but when it comes yeah, but when it comes to De Niro I always think of those roles and Another film actually was um, um, actually kind of, which is, plays a really big part of my life, which is really, which is, which is strange. It was a film he directed um, called The Good Shepherd. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. The, the reason why I play a big, a big role in my life because I was working in Empire Cinemas in the West End um, a few years back. And um, that um, we had, this is when it had like free screens at the time. Not many mm-hmm. like big films would come our way. And so the trailers we had played in the back were always limited. And the trailer for that played every single day. And we, like, me and my friend Eden, we would just memorise this body trailer with Angelina Jolie going off and Matt Damon. And um, Good Shepherd was a very good film, very underrated, but it was it took me out of my ballpark because everybody in that film was just an arsehole. You liked no one in that film. Like... Mm. Um, the only person kind of had any any kind of um, emotion towards were, was uh, Matt Damon's son in it, who actually was played um, by a young Eddie Redmayne um, before, right. be- before he was known for doing anything. Um, but it was just like, because obviously it was like, if you don't know what it is, um, it pretty much gives it um, a, a tale of how the CIA was was born and what got how it got to the, from how it got from being nothing to being something of a big deal in in America in, the, in America but um yeah it was it was an interesting watch it was just but it was just like it was just very cutthroat i recommend it if you get a chance to see it but it's a ve- like it's yeah you don't like anyone that from everyone's an asshole in that as a really good um camera from um, Joe Pesci in it because it's like when you, everyone everyone said he was retired and he came up came out for this one cameo in this film and it was a <laughs> and like he stole a show and like just but just by with what this one scene it was amazing. That's Joe Pesci though. What from he doesn't steal the scene from, from someone. Um, um, I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. Now nah, there's got me. Uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> to be fair, the one the one film where the light is stolen from Joe Pesci is my cousin Vinny. That. that, that. Yeah, because, ah. because Teresa to make uh, Marissa, um, Marissa Marissa skills steals the spotlight from him straight up. My biological duck is thinking like this. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> she steals the show from. You saying that though? She like steals the show from him. Yeah. I have to mention this one thing. Mm. Does anyone remember the film The Super? Oh God, yeah, of course I do. No. Oh I my. I don't think I saw that. I d- yeah, oh. did Joe Pesci uh, ends up being like a landlord for like this rundown, decrepit of apartments? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do, I do, do remember it. Yeah, right, because to me that literally sums up nineties video shops. Yeah, because you could have gone anywhere, and I guarantee you the super you'll find on a bottom shelf somewhere. <laughs> Why would there? I will never know. But it's a hysterically funny film. I haven't seen it in quite some time, but it's still a it's a funny film. But let's go up to the main point. The another De Niro film. Now, this is one of my personal favourites. Some of you might not have heard of it. It's, to be fair, it's got a bit of a following. It's called Heat. Oh, God. What? Who, okay. How can... Okay. What? No. no what? Become, you're insulting <laughs> us now. Know, you're, in, you're insulting us now. I know this now. podcast is supposed to be there to educate, enlighten, and redeem, etc., etc. Yeah. But if you haven't heard of Heat, it's better if you said I haven't heard of LA Takedown. What's LA That's Takedown? where it's like, what now? Okay. Are you being for real? Oh, actually, for real. What's LA Takedown? Seriously, what's that? LA Takedown is what Heat is based on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so Heat is based on LA Takedown, which was a was was a movie that was done before, and it basically redid yeah. it as Heat knowing that everybody wanted to see Al Pacino and Robert De Niro share a screen because they had never shared a screen, even in The Godfather Part 2, where they both star in it, they don't share the screen mm. because Robert De Niro is playing in the time period, and Robert De Niro is playing a brilliantly young Vito Corleone, yeah. and Al Pacino is playing, obviously, 
uh, older Michael Corleone, Michael. who's going back through Vito's past, finding out where he came from, etc. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard of Heat, it's one of those ones where it's like, I don't know where you've been. Um, yeah. I just don't know. yeah, yeah. But sorry, my learned friend, please continue. No, Heat for me. I remember this because for some reason, yet again, the the mentality of having this film way before even hit the cinema, this film got replayed in my household nightly for best part of two weeks to the point I was quoting that film. But even now, as much as I love that film, De Niro Pacino, outstanding. I have to give massive props to Val Kilmer for that film. Oh, Val Kilmer. Hmm. Oh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, and... well, we, we have to deal with the elephant in the room. <laughs> Val Kilmer. Yeah. Right, the I thing mean, with Val Kilmer is that Val Kilmer is actually a, a good actor. Yes. When he wants to be. Um, case in point, Mad Mardigan in, in Willow. I'm always, gonna, I'm always, always going to give him that. Um, Willow. For life, I'll give it to him. Um, Iceman in in Top Gun. Uh, I mean, to be fair, it, I I I don't know if I call it acting, but okay. Uh, and of course, my favorite Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. bang, bang. If you haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang yeah. Bang, once again, to homework, go pick up Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Val Kilmer can be a really good actor when he wants to be. Unfortunately, there are times when he can't be bored. Oh, hey, and Tombstone as well, Doc Holliday. He's brilliant. It's not holiday in, um, in Tombstone. However, then there are the other Val Kilmer films that he does, and it's like, oh, boy. Um, what are you talking about? He was an amazing kit in the Night, Night Rider remake. Oh, my Let's God, he was kit in the remake. I beg oh, you don't oh talk about that. And please, please don't make me black erase my memory moment. What are you talking no. about? It was great. It lasted, like, a season two and a half. Oh, boy. It was a Mustang. Oh. Sidney Poitier was and- in it. Who? Sydney Portier was in it. Oh, well, his daughter, Sydney Portier, who's actually called oh, Sydney yeah. Portier, who, who was hot. Oh, yeah. oh, she is so hot. She's in uh, Death Proof. She's right? in Death Proof, yeah. She's the, yeah. Yeah, she's the long legged, um, light skinned lady. Yeah, she was the radio, radio DJ who dies in the beginning because why should we not do a horror trope? Uh, anyway, let's not go there. Wow. This one. <laughs> Bloody hell, okay. <laughs> I have issues with that, but anyway, um, let's move on back to uh, Val Kilmer being being in Heat. He was he was brilliant. In he heat. Was really he is good. one of his. He, but then to be fair, when you're in a film where there's Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, you cannot come. You cannot come anything less than good. Yeah, you have to be excellent. You can't come with the weight of that and be like, "This is going to be my off day." No, no. And and that's the thing with Heat. Everyone talks for every, that's the thing. As soon as someone mentioned the word heat, they always think about the massive uh, shootout in the middle of the uh, the bank robbery scene mm-hmm. in the high street. Fantastically done by Michael Mann. But for me, it's the scene in the in the uh, restaurant between in the cafe when they first sit down and start talking for the first. You like finally about time. <laughs> Jesus, twenty five mo- years. Let like... the motherfuckers talk to each other. God damn it. <laughs> Uh-huh. So it's always weird. When, it's, it's always weird when, when films just do that. Cause I remember, cause I remember what was that? American Gangster mm. with um, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe for the ent- almost the entirety of the film. They do not cross paths at all until right at the end. You're like, holy crap! It's the first time they're meeting, isn't it? And it's just, it's just always find out weird when you have these these huge polarizing characters in a film or a TV series, but they don't mix at me. all and a lot of the times you just want them to meet and just it's like it's like it's like witcher and bloody um with um siri and bloody um oh. and um get um gerald it's like um gerald you, you obviously the whole point oh. him, him trying to find her and it's like they're so close and yet so far away what is going oh on that know? is one of the things i found so amazingly frustrating where it's like where they go or Geralt will get somewhere and they're like you just missed her flashback play as her and you're like I just waited. Is there any way I can wait for Geralt? Can we just not kill stuff and wait for Geralt? But <laughs> I think it made it more, more like when they did finally meet up, it just made it so much more beautiful. Mm. Same thing I felt with like, because I think for the 
De Niro and Pacino, but it wasn't just the weight of the film where it was like most of the film they didn't meet up. And they're, they're too, it's the fact that for their career, they've never met up. Mm. So to see it, it's like the weight of decades as they sit down, that slow walk and sit down and look at each other, you're like, ah, oh, yeah. finally, now go do the thing that you do. And, and they did, and they did it well. And the funny thing is that actually gets kind of repeated in a different way in one of my other favorite films mm-hmm. from Robert De Niro, which is not really, not, not, not well known, I think, which is The Bronx Tale. Yeah, yeah. That is one of my favorite films. And that's when it made me th- see him very differently. Uh, that is brilliant. It's uh, starring Chaz Palminteri. He mm-hmm. wrote, he wrote the film and Robert De Niro directed it. And it's a brilliant film. And one of the things that stuck out to me where I thought, hmm, this is interesting, is the part, because obviously the story basically, those who don't know, is basically like Charles Palminteri has a young son going up in like that neighbor, Italian neighborhood, and it's this whole kind of battle for his soul. It's basically like a platoon without the war. Um, it's a fight for the soul of this young kid. You know, so you've got the the you know, powerful neighborhood gangster in Robert De Niro, and you've got this working dad in Charles Palminteri. And the bit that stuck out to me and will forever stand out to me in this film is when the young kid is like 17, fancies a black girl and all everyone's like ribbing him about it and everything. And he goes to Robert De Niro because he, he's like, what's going on? He says about the girl, he loves, he loves her, she's beautiful, blah, blah, blah. She's amazing, this Nubian princess, etc. And they start to talk. And I think you feel it's going to go a certain way. And I'll never forget it. Because he said, oh, people saying this and that, like black people, he goes, fuck them. And I was like, wow, okay. And he says, fuck them. Here's the test. And he says to him, if you put her in the car, put her in the car first. And if she doesn't open the door for you, doesn't unlock the door, she's not worth it. Put her to the curb. And I remember this scene so well where he takes the guy out for a date, borrows the car, he puts her in the car and he really wants her to be the real one. Because Robert De Niro is like basically saying, it doesn't matter what colour her skin is. It's about who she is on the inside. And if she opens, if she goes to unlock the door, it means she's considerate to you and who you are and your needs as well as her own. So I remember him putting her in the car, going back and he, he said like a little prayer. And as he looks, she reaches over and unlocks the car. And he's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that because basically it meant that no one else could say anything to him mm. because Robert De Niro had his back. But it's a it's about a boy coming of age with these two characters fighting for the will. And for most of the film, the dad and Robert De Niro don't meet. It just comes to a point about halfway through where they do meet and they have this kind of a roundabout conversation where they're basically saying, leave my son alone. And he's basically like saying, well, if you were there for your son, I wouldn't need to be here. And I was like, oh, okay. But I do recommend The Bronx Hill. It's a really good little film. Really, really good little film. Now, another one. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't even say it about laughing. Oh, God. <laughs> another De Niro film where he's actually not the star, but he, for me, steals this film. And it's actually one of my favourite Quentin Tarantino films as well. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. Yep. Yeah, he's really good, Jackie Brown. He plays a retired bank robber named Lewis. Comes out of prison and then meets up with Samuel Jackson. And you know what? With most De Niro films, as we pointed out, he plays the hard man, the bad guy. And then he can play the mellow, relaxed guy, calm before the storm. But this was just an idiot. From the minute he turns up and he walks in with this kebab-esque handlebar (laughs) moustache... Yeah, you're thinking, oh, God, what's happened to him? And the downward spiral of his character throughout that film is one of the funniest I think I've ever seen him portray. I like how tired he was. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, I I like that it's kind of like, this guy's not like, I used to be in the game and I'm at the peak of my game. It's like, you were were all right to mediocre before you went in prison. (laughs) And you come out and you're just like... I'm kind of tired. And it's just like, yeah, dude, you should stop doing this. And you're just watching him bumble through it. And you're thinking, this is Robert De Niro. This is his excellence. Because he mm. can be these powerhouses 
but then you can be this bumbling dumb where you're like, why? Why would you even do that? Because like, mean, the, the, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, because I'm gonna say as much as I love him in that role, I've got to give a massive shout out to Bridget Fonda as well. Bridget Fonda was wicked in that. She was wicked in that. Absolutely because wicked. They, them two bounced off each other so brilliantly. You couldn't, you couldn't help but laugh every time you saw him. You saw them together on screen. Oh, it's the bit where they're talking about smoking his coffin mm. and he's just like, I'm old. And then it just cuts to them having sex. I was like, <laughs> wait, what? It's just like, <laughs> it's like, like okay, oh, all right. And she's like, yeah, it's all good. I'm just like, uh oh, okay. We're doing yeah, that one now. One of my favorite scenes in that in Jackie Brown is uh, after they've tried to do the heist and. Um, De Niro's meet up with Samuel Jackson in the back of the van and they're having a conversation saying, where's the money? Like, you don't know where the money is. And it's just dawned on De Niro. Oh, yeah, the lawyer was there. He's like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, it actually just dawned on me. I went, what? He goes, I knew he was there, but I don't know what you're talking about. He says, Lewis, who did you see? And Robert Foster, the late Robert Foster, who plays Max Cherry, the lawyer in question. De Niro goes, oh, yeah, Max Cherry was there. The look on Samuel Jackson's face kills me. Because he stops, he goes, so wait a minute. The man that has, that's been helping Jackie Brown throughout this whole deal, you see him before we get half a million dollars in cash and you're just telling me now? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way he starts cussing, it's just brought back to my childhood. You know, like when you accidentally break a plate but you try to hide it? And it's been found like hours later and you've got that complete oh shit type look on your face. That gets to me. Absolutely. Get- I, look, if you haven't seen it, yet again, add it to your list. Brilliant film. Brilliant De Niro performance. So I think that's yeah, right, go on. You know, I said I can sit here and babble on for hours about all the different how roles he's portrayed and how great his performance are, but there's so many. I mean, what are you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say it. It takes a it takes a level of, of genius to 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 be to to have such a range. Yeah. Sometimes you get um, stuck in a role where one role is so powerful, you're only seen as that one thing. So that for me used to be um, Danny Glover's problem. Danny Glover used to always be Mister from Color Purple. No matter what he was in, he was just Mister until he was he was a uh, murder in. Yeah. Um, in Leaf Weapon, and then it was like, okay, you can see a bit more depth. But I mean, like I said, his Mr. Performance was so good that it could everything else. Robert De Niro has that thing where he's his Godfather, and that's the thing. If you look at how long Godfather Two is long, it is yep. long. Oh my god! And I think Robert De Niro is only in for about half an hour, forty-five minutes, mm. if that. And he's so good. And it doesn't seem like a wind-up because you know that he is basically doing Marlon Brando, but it's still a younger Marlon Brando. And you can see the link. And they, they do these wonderful shots where they, at times, you know, have like a kind of almost a, a, a frame frozen of Robert De Niro that fades into Al Pacino. You're like, one day, one day you'll be together, but not now. Um but it's the fact that he can he can do that. He can go from doing that to King of Comedy, to doing Taxi Driver, to doing Raging Bull, to doing mm. one of my personal favourites, Max Cady in. Uh, I'm Kate just Fitt. about to mention that. She <laughs> <laughs> tied it up perfectly, but continue. Max, I mean the Max Cady in when I first heard because I I've watched the original Cape Fear with Robert yeah. Mitchum. Uh, Robert Mitchum was was bloody brilliant in it. Yeah. Um. You know, I will take this point to say sometimes I think that, especially now with the way that like Blu-ray and DVD quality stuff is, mm-hmm. that I think that some people are kind of a little bit loath to to watch black and white movies. Yeah, I would highly recommend it, especially if like um, it's all new to you. You're really liking the film and you want to see where some things have kind of started out from. Yeah. I recommend you watch like some old black and white stuff because some that some of it is absolutely amazing um and has so much to teach us so the old Kate Fears black and white and uh Max Cayley characters played by Robert Mitchum who mm-hmm. was brilliant um but then you fast forward to this being um redone with Robert De Niro 
and Nick Nolte and Juliette Lewis and Jessica Lange. And I'll be really honest, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, we'll see. And then I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, we'll give it to you. It's to the point where you can't, you can barely remember anybody else's performance in that in Cape Fear because it's all eclipsed by Robert De Niro. The dude with it called muscled out and gained near yeah, 150 pounds in body mass. Man was hench. I I was like, oh okay, and he genuinely scared me, genuinely terrified me. But then something which I found out of interest, which actually makes sense now. A bit of a side note: anyone who knows me and knows me about wrestling over the last few years, one of my favorite characters is Bray Wyatt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, but now clearly, how can I not see this? Bray Wyatt is actually based on Max Cady. Completely, completely mm-hmm. see it. And I'm not even interested that much. I'm not even interested in that much, and I can see that. Because apparently, um, oh, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. Yeah, growing up, apparently, uh, it was a big influence on the guy that portrays Bray Wyatt. So he came with the idea that. If he's gonna do it, do his character. He wanted to base it on Max Cady, and then when you think about the way Bray talks, the hat, the clothes, the similarities are so so clear. <laughs> but I so, think, as so I said, I said to you guys as well. Sorry to jump in. Yeah. Um, I've listened to like other podcasts and where the, the people who are actors and what have you, and they say like if you want to know how to improv. If you want to know about good acting skills, if you want to know how to engage an audience, and we're talking in the level of 20,000s and that level, that you want to engage people from the front at the very back, then the best place to watch that is not an improv set, it's wrestling. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, watch wrestling, because that is a masterclass in, you know, improv, um, in engagement, on so many levels and when i looked at it from that point of view i was like oh so i'm unsurprised that loads of us are like oh i'm influenced by this person that person because like essentially that's kind of what you're doing on a, on a mass scale Absolutely. is you are doing that level of, of acting and engagement with people but people kind of don't see it that way yeah, but i at, i subscribe to it yeah, look at look at look at wayne the rock johnson look at yeah look at um chris jericho he's on the he, you know he's still evolving even though he's been doing this job doing it for how many over 30 what, how long over 20 years yeah 20 look, plus look at mark calloway you know the legendary oh, calloway the undertaker yes yeah. they've been doing this job for a long time they still can if they wanted to they can just have a decent career in movies or well, the, the rock has one of the best careers in movies right now so you know well yeah. some of them could who was who was that one who tried to tried to, to have their own slasher series Kane. Oh, Kane. Leave the mayor alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's a man mayor, now. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the mayor Jacobs alone, all right? He's, um... Okay, he, he, was on the, he, he was on the contract. Okay, real talk. Have you not, have you not watched that movie? It's, it, what? what was it called? See No Evil. See No Evil. Verdict. I don't think it was that bad, to be honest. I've seen worse. Yeah, I've seen way worse Sasha films. Like the Big sequel. Man, I know, you, I know you've seen worse, Big Man. We know you've seen worse. The sequel, the sequel is a bit better. Is a little bit better. Oh, it's on the plane. Huh? It's on. It's on the plane. No, why would that be on a plane? That makes no sense. <laughs> okay, sorry. Wait, we're, we're going to talk about the fact that Sasha movies should always make sense. Yes. I I refer okay. you to Halloween's three seasons of the witch, and Jason X. Jason X makes perfect sense. It explained it. It made perfect sense. Perfect sense. Okay. 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 All right. So, for example, example, Jason has regenerative powers. We all know this. You you can shoot many times. He never dies. Blah blah blah. They want to analyze that. Try and make their own Wolverine. It backfires. He gets frozen in time. It happens. Okay. Captain America, yeah. anyone? Hello? Okay. Cool. Like, it wasn't, actually, no, it wasn't that one. It was the Vic Hatchet. Hatchet was on the plane. I've never seen Hatchet, so I I've never that. seen Hatchet. What? Wait, you've, you've wow. seen Hatchet? You've watched Hatchet? Big Man hasn't even watched Hatchet. I've seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot. I now feel ashamed. 
You feel like I've exposed something that shouldn't have been exposed. Enough. Wait, okay. No, this is interesting. No, I definitely didn't make it to that. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, big man, have you seen Grudge Match? Yes, I have. Right, and you haven't seen Hatchet, shouldn't I? What the hell is he, what's wrong with you? What's Grudge Match? That's the Robert De Niro film where he takes on um, Sylvester Stallone. Stallone. Oh, God, what happened with the poster for that? The poster rings a bell for that. Yeah, because it's basically Rocky versus, versus what's his face from Raging Bull. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm guessing mortgage payments. Say again? I'm guessing the, the mortgage payments. Well at the box office. Yeah, it really didn't yeah. do very, it bombed. You think? <laughs> we talk all about it. It's got Robert De Niro, Kevin Hart, some assist alone. Um, Alan, um, Alan Arkin, Kim Basinger, or Kim Basinger, depending on how you say it. Mm-hmm. Basinger. Oof. Oh, what are we talking about? It's an all-star cast. Oh, oh God. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm, I'm not. I'm just not. So quick to but, judge. I mean, to be fair, with De Niro's uh, film biography, it's just, it is a who's who of all different roles. I mean, as we just covered, Kate Fair, Raging Bull, don't even need to talk about. That's just a masterclass. Masterclass yeah. performance. One of my all-time favourite De Niro films. I remember I watched that a couple of years ago. I think I watched it three times in one day. We just kind of told you how much I, I love the film that much. But, yet again, him, Pesci, there's just something about them two, from Goodfellas Casino to this. When they do stuff together, it's just magic. It's like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Very yeah. true. It's just when you when when you get a set of people whose camaraderie works on such a level, um, and and that the camera enjoys them, because we enjoy we enjoy watching De Niro and Pesci together. Even though I haven't watched The Irishman, I'm honest. I'm halfway through that, and it is pretty good. But I haven't fully finished it. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm. If I'm honest, I'm not in the mindset for it. I'm not gonna watch it. Why not? Don't wanna. <laughs> oh my god, you you've become seven again. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't want to. Su- the smart school says I don't really want to support him right now after what he said about comic book films. But you know. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So there that's, is that. that's my that's my main beef for it because like as much as I love Pesci and love De Niro. Mm. Yeah, don't be talking. Don't be talking shit about my combat films, considering where you come, where you come from. So I'll say, see, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, for real. I've got about my brother. Yeah, for real, for real. Especially so, right now. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, Wakanda forever. Um, yeah, I really. I. Oh. So when I say I don't want to, I don't want to. No, no, completely. I completely <laughs> get you. And no, I completely get you because here's the thing, right? and everyone can go on this debate or what have you about movies and what have you let's be real Scorsese has churned out there are things where Scorsese is you know wow but there's a lot of churning out the same content again and again and again mm-hmm. right and very few you know the women take a certain role the men take a certain role and it's like we're supposed to just say that's fine and acceptable because it's Martin Scorsese and the thing is, he has a great eye. He's somebody who I would I would like to sit down and speak to and converse with. And I get that on one level, what's happened again is the whole thing is up and there is a lot of this kind of idea that everyone thinks comic book movies are easy. But in that, it's so easy to kind of miss the subtleties and nuances of what is being done and what's being portrayed and what is there. And to kind of have this whole kind of half-assed idea that, you know, there's nothing great about comics. It's like, dude, do you think I want to sit down and watch, once again, this kind of character-controlled ideas of Sicilians and Italians and what that means? Um, But I give those movies a chance. I give those movies a chance. And there's a huge difference between Iron Man, Black Panther, and Winter Soldier. And as somebody, and I'm talking to somebody who, and you guys know this, I basically at one point was like, I'm not going to see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Captain America fan, so if I'm going to watch it. And, you know, and I tend to what to read a lot of Marvel. I, I tend to be majority Marvel. And I, at that time, was still like, nah, I'm not going to see him. And Galaxy, Gal- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is one, of my, is one of my favorite parts of the MCU. And you guys know how I feel about Winter Soldier. You made me watch it. 
You made I'm, me yeah, watch. I was like, you about it. And I said, I remember when I mentioned Winter Soldier to you, like, mm, Captain America, sis, trust me. I'm I lost my damn mind. Lost yeah. my damn mind because that was so damn good. <laughs> and let alone Black Panther. And yeah. here's the thing. It's things in, like, the fact that in Goodfellas is a scene where it's actually Martin Scorsese's mother. It's the, and it's a wonderful scene. There's that really good scene where... Um, that um that guy goes to Joe, to Joe Pesci, go get your fucking shoebox, and he, they kill him, and he's in the back of the they, they've got his dead body in the back of the car, and they go to the mum's house to go and get like stuff to bury his body, and the mum wakes up and makes them salt make makes them food. That scene is brilliant because she's there and she's tall, and we're supposed to kind of get those nods. But this is Italian culture, right? That no matter what time you knock on mama's door, mama's gonna wanna wake up and give you food and let you feel love through, you know, through um sausage and, and, and bread and, and what have you and wine. And this we're supposed to get that, right? We're not Italian, but we're supposed to understand that. That's the nods there. And like when the show shows shows the, the painting and the, the banter between them. It's 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 really it's a great scene, it's a fantastic scene. I love it. And it's the same thing where in, I'm not comparing, I'm just giving an example of with Black Panther, when we're looking around like at, at the battle scene, at one of the battle scenes where they're, where, um, you know, T'Challa's fighting, um, um, fighting the first fight scene in the waterfall. In and Buckle. you're looking around, you're seeing Bucko and you're seeing different hairstyles to denote different, different tribes. We get that. We get that there's a difference in hairstyle and color and what have you. And those subtleties, may not be around for some but guess what in the same way that i have to i have to as somebody who's involved in film want to understand what that means for an italian audience i would recommend the same of other audiences want to engage in our culture and what's going on here so to dismiss it as <laughs> comics some of the best storylines nuances and subtleties have come from amazing comics so i would not dismiss them and it's really funny how the same people were at one point hollering up for road to petition and hollering, up, and hollering up for history of violence. Comic film. Exactly. And talking about how wonderful and amazing Blue is the Warmest Colour, V for Vendetta. And it's like, where did they come from? Where did they come from? So it's like, I hear you, but it's ignorant. But then again, it's an old, it's a change of the guard with what we're experiencing. We're experiencing a set of filmmakers who've had their way to do their vision and get what they what they what they've wanted and needed out of the industry and that industry is changing it is more to streaming it is more to independent content it is to different things and a lot of them feel a bit out of shape and out and been out of shape because of it mm-hmm. in the same way and that's somebody for myself who has read up a lot of it they did the same thing because they weren't getting industry back in when they started if you read a lot of this really good uh book um called uh oh god easy riders and raging bulls i recommend it and it talks about how like brian de palma steven spielberg Michael city but these renegades to the studio system they were absolutely like they were bucking the trends of what the current studio system were and then th- what they've gone on long enough for their content to be seen as as standard so in a way i guess what's happened is that Michael city has been around so long he's now become that standard and we've got the new heads coming in who are doing interesting things through Netflix, through Disney Plus, through whatever, through, you know, online. So, yeah, it's very, um, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Couldn't say any better myself. Bravo, sis. <laughs> Sorry for that. <laughs> no, no. To, uh, just, an, just another rant from Chantal. Just ignore her. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I mean... The one, the last thing I have to say, another De Niro performance where, yeah, again, he wasn't the star of the film. He was just himself, but it was brilliant. And I'm not too sure if you've both seen it yet. It's the Joker. Not seen I haven't it yet. seen Joker yet. I've seen Joker yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, my, reason, my reason for not watching Joker is that nothing against um, the actors in it, nothing against... Um, DC in general, it's just that I do not see the point of having a film about that character. You just, I personally think you just take away from it. Like, the whole idea with the Joker is that you don't know 
you're 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 not sure who he is, where he came from, and why he is the way he is. That's just how it's always been. Like, let's be honest, Batman could figure out who he is and find out who he is, and blah blah blah, and mm. probably deal with it at some point. But I don't like knowing. I don't want to know about him. Um, as a kid, I don't want to know him. I don't want, don't give him a mom. I don't care. I don't want to see him with a mom. And it's like it's like seeing Thanos as a baby. You don't need to, you don't want to see Thanos as a baby. I've seen Thanos as a baby, and it ruined everything for me for a long, for the longest time. And like you don't put you can't make characters like that and give them this weird backstory and then, and oh he has mental health issues. No, just just make him chaos. Keep making just this. This, this, this entity that came out of nowhere and just caught, wreaks havoc on on Gotham because he's bored. Just don't don't give me. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. That was my rant. <laughs> but I hear you, Becky. But no, you put on though. I I I hear I. Yeah, I I just I don't know. It it just didn't tick. I I think I found found myself recently being very like. What is it I want to watch? What is it I want to immerse myself in? Especially with recent events that have been happening in the world and this lockdown, and it just didn't same the same way. I just it just didn't hit the thing of what I want. I didn't want to know the man behind the mask because I know the mask and that mask is is a mess and a joyous mess to behold. It just didn't tick the box for me. Um, I'm sure it's excellent. I'm sure that Joaquin Phoenix did what Joaquin Phoenix does. Um, and I'm, I'm sure eventually curiosity will get the better of me and I'll, I'll, I'll give it a watch. But it's just, I think it this starts a wider conversation about comics, adaptations and dark. Because sometimes now it feels like, I feel like sometimes there's this big thing where if we're going to do comics, we've got to make it dark to make it agreeable. And this kind of goes back to one of the reasons behind this podcast is that it's almost like if it's dark, then it's acceptable to indulge in it as an adult. If it's got a dark and gritty Syrian storyline, then that's why. And sometimes as an adult, I don't want to. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, yeah. I don't. I want to play video games. I want to have fun because I'm dealing with the world. And sometimes those fun things are just, just what keeps me going. And I just reasoned that at the time when Joker came out with everything that's happened, I didn't want to watch it. I just didn't want to watch it. I just was not in the mindset for it. And this is kind of my, my call to action where it's like, I don't think anyone should be shamed for wanting to keep things light sometimes. I don't think anyone should be shamed for playing video games or tabletop or what have you. It doesn't diminish your adulthood. Sometimes it's the best you, you, you can goddamn well do right now. So, yeah, like I said, not taking away from the performances or what have you. I just felt at the time I didn't want to indulge it, just like what Brother's saying as well, you know. And I didn't want to know about the character because I've read so much Joker. And there's some amazing stories. That's the frustrating thing. There's some amazing, mad new stories in, in the Joker timeline. Oh, my God. And it's got nothing to do with taking off the mask. It's just the anarchy of the character without the kind of... But he's mentally ill, though. That's my other rant. <laughs> this has been a very yeah, serious podcast. It's a very friendly <laughs> one today, isn't it? It's really it is. But, hey, it's good. You get it out of the system. But, yeah, you... Just nailed it out of the park. Yeah, we, all have all... Sure we have to make sure next time we're just back on, back on the funny. Oh no! What what you should take from this um, podcast is Robert De Niro is not very, not all that. He's overhyped. Does really bad <laughs> wow. films like Grudge Match. Um, Grudge Match. Often the Invisibles. Um, oh, what's that? That red lights film where he pretends to be a psychic or something. What's it called? Oh, oh, wow. really? what, oh my god! It's like it's this film where it's like um, where he is it him or is it or is it Al Pacino? That's what they, they, they do as well. Where both of them do like. Are you stereotyping them? Says that's right. Red lights. <laughs> it's called Red Lights by 2012. No, seriously, it's like oh, it's such a bad film. Yeah. Oh, red light, Simon Yeah, yeah. 
and A Righteous Kill, which would have been a good film, but it was a bad film. I didn't make that's, it to that. I didn't make it to be fair. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, no, but no, his greatest role we, um, was on Shark Tale with him and Martin Scorsese playing sharks. That was good, though. Yeah. Damn it, it was. That it? was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, though. Shark Tale was good. You sure it was actually quite good. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even mentioned Deer Hunter. Mean Streets, Meet the Parents, yeah, Untouchables, you Untouchables, know what I mean? Untouchables, Untouchables. He was he was good in Untouchables. He was fucking. He was, oh he was awesome. He was on point. Ronin, which he still holds up well to this day. Ronin, yeah, yeah. Ronin, yeah. New York. You have to allow him when you get when you get Ronin when you get Ronin Deer Hunter Untouchables. You have to allow have to allow him a, a red light. You got to allow him a, a righteous kill. <laughs> and uh, Rocky <laughs> Paul oh my gosh, I mean, Rocky and Paul that he did with Wesley Snipes as well. Oh no! Oh, he shit! He did the fan. He was actually really good. That was that was a really good film, actually. That was a really that was like constantly on Sky movies. It yeah. really was. That really was a constant Tuesday night action. The fan. Oh my god! That yeah, was actually yeah. good. But once yeah. again, he does he does good Psycho. And he then does the good classic, Psycho. Mad Dog and Glory with Bill Murray, Uma Thurman. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. I got. Okay. Okay. I, I got a riddle. To, riddle to end with. And wow. I, I, I want to figure this out because you, men, you mentioned Val Kilmer. We're actually Val Kilmer in today's episode, but I want you. To, okay, I want you to. I want you to figure out this real. All right. I have never seen Top Gun. Right. But I own it on DVD. Can you answer that question, please? What? Yeah. How? I don't know. I don't even remember. I don't, I've never bought the film. <laughs> I've, I've never bought the film. I didn't buy it for you. I definitely didn't I, buy no, it for you. Yeah. Oh. I literally was going through my DVD collection. And I was like, what, Top Gun? I've never seen it. But why have I got it? you sure it's the Top Gun? Well, I don't know, because I don't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so... Okay, on that note, I think... Because I'm, I'm genuinely confused, because I didn't buy it for you. I didn't buy it for me either. But you did, because you have a copy. Okay, I don't remember going into a shop and paying money for that, get, for that film. So I don't know why I've got it. Right, Are you sure that, you sure that ain't... That ain't... They ain't like a special edition top gun. Gun, like, yeah, that version. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean you, you mean top guns? <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Lexington Steel, Lexington Steel. Oh, oh my Lexington God, Lexington. Oh my God. <laughs> well, he's not dead. He's still alive. Well, actually, he's got hepatitis. So I don't know if he's still alive. Actually. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. On that note, my God. Why do I Jesus. Do that? <laughs> oh. On that note, uh, I thank you once again uh, for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Messed Up Pod. Big man, where can they find you? Me, I'm just a local bod. I'm on Twitter with the name of War Three Seven Eight Two, or on Instagram as Mister Underscore Roberts V One. Bro, where they find you at? As for me, I am a YouTuber, so you can find me on YouTube under Instant Classic Gaming, where I post videos weekly and stream quite regularly on YouTube and Twitch under Instant Classic Gaming as well. You can also find me on Instagram under Instant Classic Gaming and Twitch, not Twitch, Twitter under Instant Classic Gaming. Perfect. Pretty easy. easy. And a big shout to Box Music for our theme tune, which is banging. (laughs) <laughs> so on that note, thank you again. I'm still confused as to how you've got Top Gun. I'm trying oh, to figure out in yeah, my head. I'm, like, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out, but it's mine. I didn't have it because I'm not thinking. Did I have it? And you? No, because I didn't buy Top Gun. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Well, well just okay. so you, just, just seeing you ask for it, I'm never gonna watch it. Is it sealed though? Is it already open? No, because because thing is, what is? It's like because I haven't got I haven't got cases for my DVDs anymore. So it's it's basically in a big folder of like, of discs. Okay, on, I'm still confused. <laughs> on oh, that note, now, yeah. on that note, peace well, out. Stay safe. I'm really confused where you got it from. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, and stay tuned because we're gonna we got so much more planned, man. But thank you for listening and thank take care. And also, sorry, subscribe and like on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acast, which is where we're at now. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Later, guys. Later. Peace out. No, seriously, how the hell do you have it? Well, I don't know. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.